Just how far can the New Orleans Saints go with quarterback Derek Carr? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Big thank you to all our everydayers out there for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so that you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, inside information, all of that, you can become a Locked on Saints insider by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints and joining a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credentialed member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case so that you will always have with you a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Tell you more about them later on today's show. We're going to be joined by Brad Spielberger of PFF. Somebody that knows and loves the city of New Orleans like none other in media. And uh, well, not none other, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But I digress. When it comes to non-New Orleans media, um, we're going to be chatting with him. We're going to do a true or false around the New Orleans Saints defense. Will the New Orleans Saints defense be a top five defense in the NFL? That and much more. We're going to wonder, we're going to take a look at whether or not the Saints should be concerned about Trevor Penning or really their offensive line. And to start things off, I asked a very simple question. Just how far can the New Orleans Saints go with their new quarterback, Derek Carr? Yeah, I poked a little fun at him. I got yelled at on Twitter. I made a joke after his ugly interception <laughs> that uh, he was a downgrade from Andy Dalton. But that was just me being annoying <laughs> on Twitter. Um, look, no, he looked good. I, I mean, the throw, yeah, the hot start to the pod. The throw down the left <laughs> sideline to Michael Thomas was a beauty. Obviously, yeah, we've all seen so, the video yeah. now of him telling Rashid Shaheed to run as fast as he can. Um, and, and that was basically the game-clinching throw as well. Um, mm-hmm. He made a lot of nice plays. He did. It's the first game in this new system. We'll get into the protection a little bit. It wasn't stellar. We know this defensive line for the Titans kind of wreaked havoc all of last year. They mm-hmm. add Arden Key, who was you know a, a monster in this game. They can go pretty far uh, because this is a... You know, a bad division they should win. The defense, the secondary in particular, looked exceptional. Uh, They can win a lot of football games. Yeah, it it certainly looks like it. And I know, obviously, the the Andy Dalton thing, just for everybody, it's already, like, yelling at their television. It's a joke. It's a joke. Like you said, it's it's about being, it's about having fun on Twitter. We're allowed to have some fun here uh, as well. But yeah, I'm with you 100% on, you know, really how far this team can go with him because it, it is clearly an upgrade over what they have had to deal with in the last two seasons, right? I mean, Jameis hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's had some highs. He's had some lows. But Andy Dalton just wasn't that going to be that guy. Trevor Simeon was never going to be that guy. Ian Book, now with the New England Patriots practice squad, he was never going to be that guy here in New Orleans. And so it's clear that the Saints made at least a good decision here. Uh, you mentioned the throw to uh, Michael Thomas down the sideline. Of course, the the sort of coaching part of it. Um, 
and, and his relationship with Pete Carmichael that led to the Rashid Shaheed thing. What were some of the foundationally good things you can see Derek Carr building on that we got to see in week one? Yeah, right. I, I think there was a command of the line before the snap. I think he did kind of know where he wanted to go with the football a lot. Uh, you know, Chris Olave obviously looking like a star receiver in this league. You know, I think there were particular snaps where he knew the ball was going to Chris Olave before he, you know, he even got it in his drop, right? Like it was, it was clear. And I think having that confidence and that comfort in the offense establish a rapport with Pete Carmichael. We know he knows Dennis Allen very well, but mm -hmm. I think that's what is impressive to me is there were a lot of horrible quarterback performances in week one, um, and this is a new offense, a whole new situation, and he looked comfortable, right? He did not look like a guy making his first start. And then also, I mean, he just has kind of an embarrassment of riches in terms of the depth with the pass catchers on this team. And I mentioned Shahid. We didn't even see a whole lot yet from Moreau uh, and Jawan right. Johnson and all these other pieces that come into play. They basically had one running back in this game, and they should have three very good ones in the near future. So, but yeah, I, I think Carr, that what stuck out to me was just a calmness and a, and a poise about him pre and post snap that has not always been the case. And maybe in a first game, you didn't expect to see it, but you saw it. And then where did you see some concerns with him? Obviously, that the, the interception at the end of the first half was one that he himself called a dumb decision. But in addition to that, did you see anything in particular that was specifically concerning? Yeah, there were a couple of other incompletions throughout the day. You know, he wasn't, what, he was 23 of 33, something like that. Mm -hmm. He wasn't perfect, but I think a handful of those were kind of throwaways and evading pressure. I don't think he had any like bad misses where he was inaccurate with the football and caused mm -hmm. a would-be great catch to be an incompletion. You know, it's just it's it's with Derek Carr, you're gonna have to continue to see those deep shots where you know, in between those two throws we talked about, you know, it was a lot of yards after the catch. And again, you're gonna get that from the speedsters and, and the talent they have on this team. But uh, I, I haven't watched the entire game yet. I watched the first two uh, the first half uh, of the all twenty-two. Mm -hmm. There were a couple times where I was like, throw this to a lot, like uncork this to a lave. Um, again, you can't do it on every snap. It was a low scoring right. kind of ugly football game. I'm not trying to critique him too much, but you're going to have to at sometimes try to score 40 points when you're going up against particular opponents, not Tennessee. Right. Um, and, and we got to see if he can do that, you know, more consistently. Yeah, so that's, that's maybe that's the next step in terms of the prove it of Derek Carr is now that you've kind of shown you can win these ugly physical matchups, can you win the shootout should you find yourself in that position? But from, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like the, the shots were there in terms of what was being called, at least in that first half. Yeah, I almost think to a degree, you know, why he was so confident in the Shahid play was because he'd seen it, right? I mean, this is not mm -hmm. a good Titan secondary. They allowed the most passing yards in the NFL last year, yep. uh, but also just in particular on deep shots. Uh, I'd say they were third worst in EPA per play allowed on throws 15 plus yards downfield. Like you can pick on them even with two good safeties. Their cornerbacks are very exposable. And again, it's the first half of his game with the team. And it's not like they were playing with a deficit. They basically had the lead. Or I don't know. They were within a field goal like the entire time. So right. I totally get it. But yeah, you know, if you go up against a high powered offense. Maybe you want him to be a little bit more aggressive. But, but really, we're kind of nit nitpicking here to a degree. Sure. Yeah. But I think the, the main takeaway, too, is that those shots are there from a play calling perspective. And if he's in a position to take advantage of those, they should be there for him, as opposed to him not having those available because of bad play calling or bad system or something that's not giving that to him. So that's that's good news for a lot of Saints fans, really, who are looking at, OK, you got the new quarterback. Now, does the offensive play calling does the scheme support what that quarterback can do and I think we saw a little bit of that right in that conversation that you referenced you know NFL films putting it out there the conversation of him just telling Rashid Shahid freaking run and you know going to Pete Carmichael and saying I want the go Jameis Winston 
really, really advocating for the deep ball uh, on that one as well. Just like, yes, do do that thing. Um, what does that tell you, though? I mean, like, it's cool to see that. But what does that tell you about the relationship of Derek Carr and, and Pete Carmichael, but also the relationship of Derek Carr to the offense and, and the system as a whole? So, you know, I think first with Carmichael, look, we know Sean Payton obviously is a great coach and, and was a big part of the equation here. But I love the Saints sticking with a veteran offensive coordinator that's been here for a very long time. Like having that continuity and trusting a guy to continue to call plays for this offense. You saw it. He's a great play caller. He's a great offensive mm -hmm. mind. And I, and I love just, like you know, in today's NFL, if you're 28 years old and are a good offensive play caller, someone's going to hire you as head coach, you're gone. And they had this established kind of older guy. They didn't try to go flashy and get De Dennis Allen some young hot name they said hey let's try to retain the guy we have here that we know we can trust as for the relationship yeah like look Carr is the starting quarterback he's been there all offseason they gave him a lot of money for a reason but you know I think you, you hear John Gruden talk sometimes about Derek Carr and and him uh, kind of being a little bit sheepish and maybe not you know being as insistent on doing things he wants to do like you that was great to see right like hey yeah. like I want to do this it's going to work I know it's going to work dial it up I'm going to go tell the receiver, hey, do this. Listen to me. Go do this. Um, I think it just speaks to that you can build on that as well, right? The fact that it mm -hmm. worked, the next time that conversation happens, not that guys are going to ignore him, but they say, hey, last time Carr was confident about a, a particular play, it basically won us a football game. I'm going to do what he says. And then, yeah, of course, Jameis, uh, the cheerleader there, you know, just kind of put <laughs> I love it. I uh, love it. Uh, just a great soundbody, great clip. Uh, always fun to have Jameis in the fold. All right, y'all, much more on the way with Brad Spielberger at PFF underscore Brad on Twitter. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at Trevor Penning. Should the New Orleans Saints have benched him? Should they be concerned about where he is and more? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Put a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you the best fantasy football advice every week all season long. So whether you're preparing for your daily draft or you're looking to take advantage of the waiver wire, we're going to be giving you the players that are going to be a guaranteed fit for your roster so let's see who Vinny has selected as this week's ebay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week i'm going to stick with this one for you because i think that this is a great one for new orleans saints fans because you're intimately aware of why this is a fantastic matchup and if you're looking for one of those matchups to exploit particularly when it comes to a wide receiver in week two make sure you're checking in on los angeles chargers wide receiver mike williams mike williams is quiet and he was banged up in that run heavy game against the Miami Dolphins in week one but he's going to draw a beautiful spot and matchup against the Tennessee Titans week secondary which struggled to handle your favorite team the New Orleans Saints guys especially downfield guys like Chris Olave Michael Thomas 25 yards on the opening play of the game Rashid Shaheed closing it out all of that just remember They've got Justin Herbert over there, always looking to take that deep shot. And so going up against the Tennessee Titans might be big for Mike Williams. Vinny Iyer is going to be making sure that over at Lockdown Fantasy Football, you are winning your fantasy football championships. And eBay Motors knows that those championship teams are all about players being the best fit and the perfect fit. And the same goes with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your vehicle stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever it is that you need for your baby 
baby, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die going for the long run at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, joined by Brad Spielberger at PFF underscore Brad on Twitter. Up next, we're taking a look at Trevor Penning and the New Orleans Saints offensive line. Should the Saints be concerned? Appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Starting off with Brad here, a nice, easy, simple question. Should the New Orleans Saints have been more concerned about Trevor Penning? Should they have benched him, or did they make the right decision keeping him in? You know, I think the only way he can continue to grow and learn is by playing. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not just the injury last year, but what, Northern Iowa, I want to say, is where he right. came out from college, yep. right? So, like, he hasn't played against athletes of this caliber. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons is a top-five interior defender in the NFL, and I mentioned Arden Key, but there was one sack of Derek Carr, actually, that should have been fumble, but she, again, you know, mm-hmm. hey, the Saints deserve an officiating call to go their way all the time. Yeah, so I won't, you're going to hear about- be, right? over like, here. <laughs> yeah, but on that play, you can see his eyes go to Simmons and, and, and Simmons actually kind of grabs him and pulls him forward, which enables key to bend around the edge. I think that's where he's going to lose is speed around the edge. Like I think power he handled to a degree pretty well. I think guys with good bend are going to give him fits early on. It is tough, though, right? Because I mean, like what well, James Hurst is a good player. Like, you, you know, you have good offensive linemen in the fold, but I, I think you got to keep playing them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think that like there's there's kind of a a piece of the conversation that's not often happening when it comes to Trevor Penning. And, and and that conversation for me is often, oh yeah, he struggles against these speed rushers, he struggles in 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 pass protection and things like that. But from your your eye in terms of you know what he's struggling with, uh, are the things that he's struggling with addressable? Are are they the types of things that the experience of seeing it over and over again or even you know, fundamentals wise in terms of coaching, are are these things all addressable or are they major concerns? In my opinion, yes. I think he played with a high pad level and was just kind of mm. up on his, you know, like wasn't really getting low. And I think that's how you, you're able to maybe one step to, to your outside foot can be quicker and more powerful. But he yeah. was kind of playing up that I saw. And you're not going to be able to, you know, quickly shift over and match some of these these, these edge rushers. And look, Arden Key is a very good player. Don't, don't get that twisted. But but yeah, right. so I think all things that probably, again, with experience, with coaching and also just with his comfort with his body. Right. Again, like coming off an injury, yeah. a nagging, bothersome injury. Injury. I do. It wasn't anything I sat, sat, sat there and said, he doesn't get it. He, this isn't fixable. I think it's just you got to keep working with him and tweaking and, and, you know, the technique. Yeah. And now we look along the, the rest of the offensive line. This thing's made it a very quiet shift from Andrus Pete to James Hurst starting at left guard. Some of that I'm sure has a lot to do with the fact that Andrus Pete was dealing with an injury beforehand and it just opened the door for James Hurst. But I was pretty adamant over the course of training camp, even when watching both of them play that James Hurst deserved to be the starter. I thought he performed more uh, when you look at the rest of the, or, or performed better. When you look at the rest of the offensive line is there's, it still feels like there's a lot of reason to be confident in where that unit can get, but they did struggle um, in, in week one, are those also things that you feel are addressable and that this offensive line will get back to where it needs to be? Yeah, you know, I think McCoy and Ramchick need to be the anchor of this unit. And they didn't play poorly, but they didn't play up to their very high standard they've set for themselves, in my opinion. And again, I think Jeffrey Simmons is, is an absolute game wrecker, so I get right. it. Um, you know, and and, and Danico Autry was, was, was a lot to handle for Ramchick as well at times. So, but they will play better. You know, the money man, we didn't mention, who just got the extension right before the season. Yep. 
Cesar Ruiz's grades, and I know grades are just one stat, but they're not pretty. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, allowed the most pressures on the offensive line. Also had the lowest run blocking grade. I know he's coming back from the list, Frank. And again, that is an, a, for a big guy like that is like the worst injury to deal with and, and kind of regain your confidence. But he was the weak point of the O-line, even including Trevor Penning. But obviously, they have confidence that's going to change. They paid him for a reason. I think that'll get better. Yeah, and it seems like it's in their best interest to continue to take these steps forward as quickly as possible, right? I mean, Carolina's defensive line is no joke. Um, the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't aren't far away. I mean, they, they have some talented defensive lines that they'll that they'll be matching up with, and so I think you're wanting to kind of see that improvement from them sooner rather than later. But there is an element of like hey, get thrown into the fire and figure this out that kind of expedites this process, right? Sure, and I'll tell you right now, Chris Lindstrom, the highest-paid guard in the NFL, oh, up, yeah. up against Derek Brown, uh, was a nightmare for Lindstrom. I mean, Derek Brown mm -hmm. was throwing him around like a rag doll. If you haven't seen some of those clips, I haven't watched the film yet, there yet, but I saw it on Twitter and was like, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's not going to get any easier, you know, next week against Carolina – for the interior in particular, obviously Brian Burns and Justin Houston are nothing to scoff at on the edge as well. Burns look good, I think, in his return. But I agree. I mean, I think that's, to a degree, that's kind of how you bring along an offensive line, just getting snaps together, all five guys healthy. Unless I'm wrong, they all came out of the game healthy, which is great, so yes. can continue to play together. Yeah, it's just, again, you know, week one also, we, we made fun of the quarterbacks. There was some bad offensive line play across the league as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, offenses always tend to start off a little bit slower than the defenses at the beginning of seasons. And then we see the same trajectory late in the seasons once injuries start to impact and things like that. Like this is kind of just the way that the game of football tends to go. But but I, I, I do uh, appreciate a point that you made there about the continuity for this offensive line, because this might have been Trevor Penning's second start, but it was only the first time that he's actually played amongst this offensive line. First of all, James Hurst wasn't a starter last year at left guard, right? But then also when he, uh, Trevor Penning, got his first start last year against the very same Carolina Panthers that we were just uh, talking about, Cesar Reeves was out for the season at that point. So seeing these five guys together for 64 snaps in week one, that's got to have a lot of benefit here going into another game that, hey, this offensive line that didn't play a single snap together last year and that wasn't healthy last year is at least healthy here going into 2023. For sure. And I think, honestly, uh, on my watch, they didn't help as much as maybe you could have expected. Like, you know, obviously mm -hmm. you have the tight ends we mentioned. Maybe we'll see them chip more. <clears throat> maybe you, you trust Alvin Kamara a bit more than Jamal Williams in pass pro. Well, Williams is not a bad pass protector, but yeah. I think if he chips, he's probably out of the route tree, whereas Kamara can throw a quick shoulder and still you know, kind of <laughs> get open in the flat or stuff like that. So I think maybe we see a little bit more help for them going forward against the particularly good defensive lines. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it's all going to come in time. This was not the only offensive line that struggled in week one. Coming out of it healthy it, is great. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're shifting things over to the defensive side of the football. I got some true or false questions for Brad, and I want to know if he thinks this New Orleans Saints defense is going to be a top five defense in the NFL to kick things off. Got that and much more coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is making sure that you have everything you need to be able to take care of your yourself and your loved ones during times that are unexpected, especially when you live in a place like we do here in New Orleans. There's always an unexpected this, that, or the other right around the corner, especially at this time of the year. So just like you have your preparedness kits and you want to be ready, you can add this 
to it. The Jace case is a perfect addition. Just ordered mine. Can't wait for it to get here. It's going to make me feel a lot more ready to, to take on some emergencies in my home because it's going to send five different antibiotics that help fight over 50 different infections. You never know when you're going to need it, but just like most things, much better to have it when you need it than not. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. You're going to save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off today using the promo code LOCK on when you are at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com, promo code locked on. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at PrizePix, prizepix.com. It is the best place to play daily fantasy football, no doubt about it. It's not you versus a bunch of mystery lineups. It's not you versus thousands of people. It's you versus the house and prize picks projections. They're going to give projections to players. You choose whether or not they're going to come in at more or less than those projections, whether it's the NBA, the MLB, and right now, of course, the NFL. It is the easiest way to turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks. You went up to 25 times your initial entry. So head over and check them out today. Prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL in all lowercase. They're going to give you a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars remember you could turn your stuff into 25 times what you walk in with you put a hundred dollars down use this promo code you're getting another hundred dollars it's 200 bucks for you to get started with once again that is prizepix.com slash locked on nfl promo code locked on nfl for that first deposit match up to 100 let's get it who that nation wrap it up today's episode of locked on saints with at uh pff underscore brad brad spielberger on twitter um this was a lot of fun. I prepared for Brad six true or false questions about the New Orleans Saints defense. Leading off with the big question, will the New Orleans Saints defense be a top five defense again here in 2023? Look, I'm going to have to go false here. I think the secondary is comfortably in the conversation for one of the best secondaries in the entire NFL. But mm -hmm. when you struggle to generate pressure and when your interior defenders are just really, I mean, Breezy actually had, I think, a solid first game. and Maybe he can continue to stack that. But like they're just, you know, for us again, last year they were bottom five in pressure rate. This week, mm -hmm. we've won so far. They were near the bottom of the NFL in pressure rate again against maybe the worst offensive line in the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is not hyperbolic talking about Tennessee. So, like, that's where I get concerned is like, look, Cam Jordan's still Cam Jordan. But if a 34 year old Cam Jordan is the only guy you can rely on to get home, you're probably not going to be a top five defense. At the same time, uh, you know, in the division, uh, the, you know, a very easy schedule. So some stats probably will say that. But, you know, I loved adding Brzee and Foskey. That can, needs to continue to be a focal point of where resources on this team should go is that defensive line. So just to, just to kind of um, clarify a little bit, when you talk about pressure rate, obviously pressure rate is very different from number of total pressures, right? Because they had, I think it was 23 total pressures in this game, which is high for the New Orleans Saints defense, 10 hits on the quarterback, but some of those can happen on the same play. And that's why pressure rate is a little bit different, maybe a little bit more telling. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? I think that's probably where the disparity then comes in. And maybe I read it wrong. Maybe they weren't near the bottom yeah. of the league. But, you know, I, or maybe it was pass rush win rate, which is more just about winning your one-on-one yes. -on -one matchups than actually generating pressure. Now we're getting all over the place. So that's my bad there. But, yeah, like they probably did come on the same snaps, you know, where there were multiple guys were crashing and getting home on Ryan Tannehill. But, again, like not to take away from the performance, I think this is the worst offensive line in the NFL. So, um, you know, but, but, yeah, you just need to see more of that. Maybe that is a good sign going forward. Um, but also, yeah, like consistently having guys win one-on-one -on -one 
for me in particular, on that interior, can you count on those guys to win? That's going to be a big question mark for this team. Yeah, yeah. So for example, it's better to have pressure on three snaps on three, like have one pressure on three snaps as opposed to three pressures on one snap when it comes to that pass rush productivity or when it comes to uh, pressure rate. Because then we're talking about 33% versus 100%. That's where a big time difference comes in, especially when you're trying to rattle the quarterback that throws a bunch of turnover worthy passes like Ryan Tannehill. Definitely want to be getting home on more snaps as opposed to getting home several times on the same snap. You, you kind of mentioned this when it comes to the secondary already. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give this one back to you. Um, the New Orleans Saints secondary has a chance to be one of the best in the NFL this year. True. Uh, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore looked like the best cornerback in football this weekend. And I think Saints fans know that or, or feel that way already about him. But when he's healthy, I mean, he's just a different player. And, and again, you can nitpick who the Titans receivers are. But DeAndre Hopkins got his contract for a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, outside the interception as well, he was just locked down, had three forced incompletions besides the interception, which was tied for the lead among all cornerbacks in week one. Um, and, and then I think Paulson Adebo continues to stack good games. I like Alante Taylor in the slot. I think I also see more and more confidence from him, not just in coverage, but also coming down and making tackles. I think you see him more comfortable in – and kind of reading and keying and knowing when to start moving forward a little bit faster. And then obviously, mm -hmm. you know, a veteran safety group with Tyron Matthew, et cetera, is going to be a good unit. So, yeah, the answer to that one is true. All right. So you mentioned Alante Taylor. I had one prepared for you on that one, too. So uh, Alante Taylor will be a good to great. So let's let's call it a range, right? A good to great slot defender in the NFL. I'll say true. You know, I think there's a there's a reason why the team was comfortable moving on from Bradley Roby. And right. look, he had his, you know, probably worst NFL season last year. Obviously not a young player. But if they felt like they wanted to keep a guy around, as you know, they're, they're going to, right? There's a reason why, particularly in the slot, too, like Patrick Williams and Roby, like they always, I feel like, are very comfortable keeping a veteran there and just making sure they feel good there. Um, I think there's a reason why they are very confident in Elante Taylor. I think he's going to be a good player for sure. Demario Davis is underrated. True as can be. Massively underrated. <laughs> it's unbelievable how a guy who plays in space is still one of the best off-ball linebackers in the NFL. And he really, really, truly is. Had a 90-plus grade for us in week one. Was good in coverage. Was good against the run. Sifting through blocks. You know, reading and, and diagnosing and keying again. Like, he was – yeah, he, he's exceptional. All right, here's, here's one that you kind of alluded to earlier, the defensive interior for the New Orleans Saints. And by the way, we love DeMario Davis's underrated talk. We, we love it. We just absolutely love it. We thrive on it. We're molded by it. Um, when it comes to the interior defensive line for the New Orleans Saints, they may have actually improved since last season with their losses and new additions over the course of this offseason. I'm going to go false there. Look, mm. Animata obviously also had probably his worst NFL season last year, you know, even outside of missing the first six games with the suspension. But there's a reason why Brian Brissett was their first round pick. Uh, I'll put it right. that way. Right. And, and I do like Nathan Shepard uh, and the other guys they added in free agency as rotational pieces. Like those guys didn't start on the teams they were on before for a reason. And uh, yeah, the Jets defensive line is absurd. So not starting there maybe isn't the biggest red flag, but he's a good, those guys from me on the interior, Kalen Saunders, him, they're good 25 snap a game players and, and they're not, their roles are much bigger than that right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. But like I said, Brissett had, I think a pressure and, and looked pretty good uh, in the first half that I saw. But like I said, yeah, there's a reason he was their, their most important draft pick of the year. And then last one for you, sticking with the defensive line. This is maybe more a little bit of a, a, a prediction than it is just like a true or false. But Cam Jordan will again have seven and a half or more sacks here in 2023. 
I'll go true. Uh, mm. You get, you know, well, it'd be tough. Atlanta doesn't want to throw the football, so maybe he'll, he won't have many opportunities <laughs> against the Falcons because yes, they don't drop back and pass. Um, right. I love Bryce Young, and he's going to be good eventually, but he looked like a rookie in week one, and, and I think he's a guy that can't hold on to it for a bit, and maybe you can get after him. So you'll have some opportunities there. Yeah, I, I'll go over because he still looked good to me. Uh, he's still just powerful and, and just uh, setting the edge. He's still up there among all the true ends in the NFL. He still looks like that type of player. Um, yeah. I'll go true. I love it. And that would be huge for him. That puts him in elite company to, to do that. You know, what would it be 12 seasons in a row at that point? So uh, it would further a little bit that hall of fame claim that he's hoping to have when his career is all said and done here in new Orleans. And speaking of hall of fame, we need to put Brad Spielberger in the hall of fame, like right now of, of locked on saints guest. Here you go. You're inducted. Welcome in. You're the first member. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much as always for coming through. Far, far too kind. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. One more big thank you to Brad Spielberg at PFF underscore Brad for coming through and coming through with the knowledge on today's episode. Seriously mean it. Boom. That guy, Hall of Fame here on the Locked On Saints podcast. Very much looking forward to getting more for you tomorrow. We've got a uh, crossover Thursday tomorrow. Myself and Julian Council are going to be breaking down and previewing the Saints and Panthers matchup for you. Got that coming for you as well as a live second show later on in the day. That way we're looking at... Um, the, the practice for that day. Remember, the Saints are practicing Thursday, Friday, Saturday instead of Wednesday, Thursday, uh, instead of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, since they have the Monday night game. So we'll have two more episodes for you tomorrow and much more, uh, as we always do here on Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always, all the everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And I thank you very much for making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.